welcome to Nerd News Now for October 19th, 2020. It's just me and Miss Jen today. Miss Jen, how's it going? Going really good. I'm, uh, I had a good day today. I had two croissants at dinner. <laughs> yeah, is that like, uh, is that the parameter for a good day is two croissants? Yes, I had such a good day. I allowed myself to eat a whole bunch of buttery bread goodness. <laughs> um, I I think I prefer croissants in the morning, but honestly, it doesn't matter. It's one of those things, especially uh, the more decadent kind, like the chocolate chip croissants. Yum. From like Black Walnut or something like that. Yeah, those are uh, anytime food. Uh, but um, what else has been going on? Because I was out last week, and then I was mm-hmm. out the week before before that. Um, so what's been going on in uh, your world with uh, Space Cadets and just uh, any big comic news in general that uh, I've missed out on? There is, there's been a couple announcements for things, comic books getting grabbed up for being in development, uh, like Cult of Dracula, and then uh, that's a second site publication. And then Empty Man from Boom. I think both of those got announced on maybe Friday. And then today there was huge news. I was rolling my eyes. It was roll eyes news. So you know there's been two publishers, or two, sorry, um, two uh, distributors for uh, DC Comics for the last six months. And they, yeah. yeah, DC decided to announce today, or maybe it wasn't DC, maybe it was UCS themselves. UCS, I think, announced today that uh, DC will no longer be uh, distributing through them after, I think, the first of the year. So now everyone has to roll all their accounts over to Lunar. <laughs> like, we, just, we need more drama. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you don't remember, I mean, you remember, but if, if anyone listening or watching doesn't remember, it created this whole thing within the industry. On the outside looking in as like a comic book purchaser, you know, when you walk into a store, you just you just pick up a comic off the shelf, right? You don't have to worry about all the drama about how it gets there. But they had like a whole kind of parting of ways with Diamond, who they've been with 20 plus years. And um, it, it, I guess there was some maybe not preferential treatment, but it's sort of tied local shops to competitors uh, and things like that. So is this is this undoing any of that or is it almost doubling down on it to where? Uh, you just have to decide if it's worth it to keep DC books coming in, which I would assume for most shops, you pretty much forced to. But is it is it and it, in addition to the things that happened in March, April, or is this just a, a different path altogether? No, I mean, it's just it's almost like I mean, I don't know that this is true, but it feels like they probably uh, talk to multiple people they thought might do a good job at distributing picked these two guys and said okay we'll let you we're going to sign a six-month contract with you probably a whole time thinking we'll see which one works out the best maybe and uh gives us the best terms question mark and so maybe <laughs> maybe this is six months later they're saying you know what i think we're getting better terms from the one distribution maybe we got more positive feedback from retailers about it it's kind of one-sided for me, right? So I've been with the other one for six months, which I think has been flawless. I think I've had like one damaged book, no misses for sending me what I was supposed to have, really good communication. The packing was spectacular. 
I mean, I hate to say something like this, but it put Diamond really to shame for how well they have done. So to me, it's just like going to a restaurant. First time you go, you try some food and it's the most amazing food. Why try anything else on the menu? You're just taking a risk at that point. This is the way I feel about this. I'm like, I already know that UCS is awesome because I've been using them for six months and they've been flawless. So now I've gone straight into the unknown. Not that I don't think that Lunar will do a good job, but why leave something that's amazing? It's because there's no choice. I have to. But that, I mean, and that's obviously something that's out of your control. So I guess that they thought they were getting a better deal overall by cutting ties with, with one of them and, and giving the exclusive business to the other one of the two then i guess it just becomes kind of like you said an unknown for january which is just one more thing for comic book shop dealers to have to kind of fret over right since um for those that are still around and trying to just leave 2020 behind you're going to start off with this like new uncertainty and again from a purchaser's perspective you're not really worried about you know, how the comic books were packed or who paid who to get them there. You're just, you know, kind of like anything else. Um, but from experience, we've all had like a UPS or Amazon package that's bent and something's broken inside and then you got to return it, fill out TPS reports or whatever the protocol might be for, for uh, comic book shops when you have to report damaged books and things. So, yeah, I understand. I, I would... The, the the worst part about and they have to do what they need to do from a business perspective too, right? But the worst part about it is you would think that if 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 everything was like it was for you, as you say, flawless with like one damaged book and, and no drama, if it was like that mostly across the board, you would think they would want to give comic book store owners peace of mind through at least twenty twenty one to get <laughs> to let everyone get their bearings back together. So it's just one more long line of things that i'm sure you as a comic book uh, store owner and manager have to worry about that one like me doesn't but it just uh i hate to see you guys have to go through any more drama you know that's right well there is one good thing that we can infer from this is that dc will still be making comic books past the new year that's the one thing we can infer or they believe they're gonna be making comic books past the first of the year that's what we can infer from this which is good news <laughs> and, and see also as someone who consumes an insane amount of media that includes comic books i from my this is from my perspective just knowing that batman's been around as long as he has a superman and wonder woman at the dc label in general and even everything they went through in the 90s and lately I was never afraid that DC Comics was going to go away. So I don't know if I have just been, you know, burying my head so far down in the sand that it just never occurred to me. But but if as long as DC was publishing Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in my book, I gotta think they're gonna keep going. Now, something could happen where they could cut down what do you have do you know off the top of your head how many books they put on your shelf each month? How many different titles, unique titles? That is a really good question. I would say at least 20, 30 titles. I mean, they, okay. they, they kind of pulled back from what they had when we were all like, everything was super sweet flowing, but it's, it's plenty enough to keep uh, the money rolling. Yeah, I just, for some reason I was thinking maybe like 35 or 40, but I have no idea. And I know it's been as uh, that before 
which I would assume maybe like 12% of the comic book buying world would try to keep up with every single issue. Um, but I, but I, I have a hard time thinking of someone, especially now, that would be able to do that on an individual basis. Not, not like a owner or a flipper or anything like that, but just someone who's buying every single book on the shelf just because at four bucks a pop now, and given that some of them come out twice a month and et cetera, et cetera. But now are the main titles going back to once a month, like Batman and Superman? Actually, I think, okay, so this is what the word on the street is, is that they're pushing forward to the 5G universe, which is that kind of future forward universe. Yeah. But there's no no indication about whether they're sticking with it or if this is kind of like... Uh, mm. The, when they did the um, oh, what was the name of that series they did? They did a summer of one series that was like started with a C and it was kind of a flop. Conversion? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I, I don't know if this is like, oh, hey, we really want to make this work and we're going to make this the new thing or if there's like, we need some filler to find out what we're doing next. <laughs> it looks cool yeah, as a I'm- concept. I just don't know whether I want to you know, I don't know how to sell customers on it. It's like fall in love with this universe forever because that's what they told us with the new heroes or whatever it was that they put out uh, during Death Metal. Yeah, and, and those all those characters, as far as I can tell, totally disappeared. Um. Yeah, I've got I've got a little bit more on that once we get to the uh, actual comics section. But just in general, yeah, I just never saw DC going away fully i mean i i know that with the the every company is going to have to kind of find a new path and decide where to go and it's kind of ironic that they're using the term now are they using the term 5g because they are clearly you know putting investing more into the digital format or is that just a poorly chosen phrase on their end you know because i would think as a comic book store owner it's not that digital comics are the enemy because i think it's a gateway into comics and let's say like you have a backlog of digital comics and you catch up and then you just you don't want to wait three to six months to get new issues but that's where they come into your shop and then you have you know boom you have a customer so i think that you can coexist with digital comics but if a company like dc is like we're just going to take the emphasis completely away from print and go to digital well you can't support that as a comic book store owner because there's too many other uh, places that are producing, you know, hard print materials. So I guess that's a really long way of saying why why is this called 5G? Is that why? Or is this, do we have any idea? I, for some reason, I thought it was just like a, a, like a fifth generation term, but I could be wrong about that. Well, I'm just thinking we see like we're, we're just inundated with with the 5G mobile networks now and the ads, and it's going to get more and more and more prominent. I'm kind of like, Ugh, that's kind of like a, that's not a term that you would want to associate with comics because as a comic book store owner, if you associate 5G with digital network and then digital network with the ability for people to download comics, it's kind of like, hey, DC, maybe that wasn't the best name for this. If, because, I'm, yeah, so. I've talked to a lot of customers about this about the whole digital thing. I mean, since we know it like five or six years ago, according to all of the numbers, it maxed out. 
that they've got the now with COVID that might have changed, right? Because there's a little less mobility to go and find physical copies of things. But um, I, most everybody that I know that is a digital person buys a digital copy and a physical copy because they they wrap their mind around the fact that a the physical copy is way cooler to have because you're you own a piece of art and um it also is the only likelihood that you're going to see return on investment because you're not going to get any money for your digital copy ever so and you only only have rights to that as long as the company that you bought this comic book from has a platform that they're supporting so if they stop supporting the platform that your digital comics on then that's also gone <laughs> so people like physical copies of comic books People that don't like them at all and want a digital copy read, it's such a small percentage of the people that are that are reading digital, I think. I don't think that there's a preponderance of people that are only digital. Yeah, and I, I've, I've since, uh, well, over the last two years especially, I use it for strictly research purposes. I mean, I'm actually reading the comics, but it's going to be much easier for me to, you know, have a subscription to something that brings up a Batman comic from 1986, especially if I'm like preparing, you know, at like 9:55 p.m. for a podcast that records at 10 p.m. So, but and then to your point about the investment, people know don't read the copy, just don't read. Like people like to have it and look at the covers, almost collect it like art. And then if it, you know, at some point it spikes and you decide to sell it or get it slapped, whatever, that's fine. But if you do that, every page you turn, you're going to take like 0.2 off of a CCC, right? So, and, and I, I think that's why they tried to promote the, you know, hand-in-hand -hand digital codes a while back because they understood that like people would like to do that. But maybe they should have put a card or something in there. I understand that that would have had issues of people stealing them. But like the fact, I, I would assume if you take a, a sticker off of the inside of a book to reveal the code, that that would be a ding from CGC. So I don't know if there was a better way to uh, do that or or not. But I, I think they, I think when you when you said they, you know, kind of peaked out about four or five years ago, that's where we really saw that coming into play, where it's like free digital copy with every purchase. And they would even like not only would you get that book, sometimes you would get a bonus book yep. as a digital copy that they were trying to hook you on, but. I think that, I mean, that ship has sailed, I, I think, and, and I, I still think it would work the other way better, where it's like, if I had an Amazon Prime account, and a friend, for example, I was just like, okay, I want to read The Boys, and then, like, I, I binged the Amazon series, I binged the comic, and now The Boys is coming out in physical form, you know, in this uh, miniseries that's currently out in shops, I think that that's the way to get, you know, quote-unquote, new customers or current paying customers uh, so I, I think they can live hand in hand and they did make an announcement uh, marvel unlimited announced today that there's only going to be a three-month wait for new books so um, oh, wow. but but see but but here's my thing as as someone who like needs it well as as people who need it now right we just we want it now like the Boys is one of the best comic book adaptations ever, right? I mean, and people gave it a one-star rating because they were mad that they had to watch it, you know, each week on Friday. So I guess what I'm saying is that if you're going to destroy something you love over a five-day wait, or let's say like a six-week wait to get the whole series, you're not, it doesn't matter if you're waiting six months for a digital copy 
And then they go, hey, you're only waiting three months now. You're not going to wait the three months. You're going to catch up on the backlog and then go to a shop and buy it on a monthly basis from, from then on out. So I think they can coexist. I just, I really didn't know, like, why are they naming it 5G? Because to me, that triggers in my brain, oh, yeah, we're trying to get the heck away from print. But but I also can't see, I can't see a near future where they're not printing a Batman comic. So I don't know if that's like a very dark reality that you see as being six or 12 months away, um, or if it's more just, or would it be more likely that they would cut it down to like 15 or 10 books? But I mean, I the, the way I look at it is that I don't know that it's any more up to what would be the normal decision makers for DC. I think when AT&T bought them, then it all became a numbers game. And I think that they probably see comic books as the smallest amount of money that they're making right now. And they're probably looking at it as just like, we need to shed this, which is a sad thing because that division is what's, what's driving all their movies and TV. So it would be dumb to get rid of it, but that doesn't mean that's how they're going to think. So even though I don't think that that's the way it should go, I'm worried that the bean counters are going to do that. Yeah, you're worried about like the smartest men in the room situation where they're just, they're not seeing what this thing is. They're just looking at it as what it's not making right now, whatever. So, but um, sadly, the whole situation with movies, especially blockbusters, we were, we were still at that point where the bubble has yet to burst on comic book film because they were still leading. You know the leading box office grabbers for like the last seven or eight years now. Um, now we're really going to see one Hollywood's going to have to pivot and decide. You know, are we still going to make these huge blockbusters, or are we going to have to kind of curtail what we're doing for the next two years to make movies more profitable on a digital level? And then conversely, like like you mentioned, executives at uh, Warner Brothers. They're not going to have the benefits of looking at the box office and go, oh, the new Batman movie's killing it, and it's, draw- it's driving people to pick up these books, you know, online or in shops. So I wonder how. I hadn't thought about that till now, but I wonder how the lack of the comic book movie blockbuster blowing up at the box office uh, is going to be because it's not going to. There's going to be a year gap. I mean, I think currently Wonder Woman's still December, but I just don't. I don't see that happening. I don't. I don't see it happening on a level that it needs to happen. I think Tenant was um, kind of the test subject, yeah, and that yeah. was and that was mostly because the director just refused to have it any other way. I mean, he believes in films, and and I believe in films too. But it's like at some point you got to understand that movie theaters are working at such a thin margin as it is that they can't afford not to sell out. And and moving forward. You know, it's going to become an issue of screens. Like, if anything opened up right now, you're not going to have Regal. And I think that's like 19% of the screens in America. So you're already, you're already, if you're an executive, you're already going to take a 20% hit in your best possible case scenario of if, hey, this movie's going to sell out every theater. Well, it's not going to sell these out because they're still closed. So I don't know. I know Black Widow's next practically summer in may um i'm 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 expecting wonder woman to be moved to june at some point 
but I, I I don't know. I just uh, we're still waiting to see like like sports is coming back. People are going to sporting events. Uh, I haven't seen. Have you seen any like comic conventions that have actually happened that that are more than like in a hotel lobby? I haven't. I know that uh, Comic Palooza sent me uh, kind of a survey email this last week, seeing whether I would be interested in uh, considering a like a winter convention this winter. And I I just didn't respond because I it's such a difficult thing to answer because it's like yeah. you can, you're putting on a convention and you can tell me you've sold X amount of tickets, but if the price is the same for a booth as it would be normally when we have, you know, regular attendance is there's no way to make it. It's like, you have to have those giant crowds to be able to, if you're paying full price for a booth to be able to make a profit. I don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, especially here. I mean, we're spiking again. I mean, and, and we're, you know, we're doing this from just North of Houston and it's like, I don't, I don't know if events would be even allowed um, to to have that, and certainly not at the the click of like sixty thousand people, you know, over a three day weekend. And um, I'm surprised for one comic blues that hasn't done the digital convention. This yeah. year. When, when you when you said that, I thought they were going to be inviting you to like a digital convention in November or something, but. But if, I can't imagine an in-person convention in the next three months. I mean, I, we ran a two-day convention with 20,000 attendees. And I think we had four people that ran the whole con. So digital conventions are much easier. And they're so much easier for people to attend. And you still can have vending and all those crazy fun stuff that you would normally have. You don't you just don't have to spend money to get your, uh, your uh, guest in so you can actually get way more wonderful guests we had end-to-end guests from all over the world and we just asked them for an hour of their time and and we would link up to their social media into their whatever if they were selling things on selling sites it was just it was a a very easy thing to do and i think that uh i think for at least the foreseeable future that that's the way con should go i think that new york put together a really good con that way I know Baltimore is, uh, I think, next weekend. I think they're doing that that way. And and they still do have, like, a limited number of guests that you can get. Um, in lieu of photo ops, it's pretty much, like, two-minute Skype chats. But you can still even get autographs personalized and just mail to you uh, for a couple of bucks. So uh, the ability to do that's out there, obviously, because people – as a society, we're pretty open to online orders already, but you've ha- obviously had to adapt to to where a lot of your sales are online and doing like Facebook. Every time I turn around, you're doing like a live, you know, four hour, four hour, you know, dollar bin or run show or whatever. So it's like for someone like you, it would just be a seamless. It would be like a seamless transition, you know, and, and it would get like if Comic Palooza did it, that means someone in Wisconsin that was in tune with the 10 biggest conventions in America would would be browsing the digital floor and probably click on Space Cadets, and then you would have a customer, you know, and, and someone that would, like, you would be on that radar because you can't... I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming that you're not buying regional commercials in Wisconsin, so that might be... that. That's on me if you are. I apologize, but... Uh, <laughs> um, 
you could be the mattress mac of comic books just so you know like you I, I think you could have all the regional spots all around and get customers that way but no but seriously i think yeah that's the way to go i, I i'm just now realizing today is october 19th even though i already said it uh, 20 minutes ago but and they're asking you if you want to do a convention this year I mean, there's no way in two months i mean that's two months and 10 days like no <laughs> no we're not going to be in texas we're not going to be able to do that i don't know if certain parts can i've seen some you know the kind of uh here we have like you know probably monthly shows all 45 just collector shows in general and things like that so when I said hotel ballroom, yeah, there's probably places around the country that are doing that with maybe like 10 vendors, you know, wear a mask, go dig through a box. But I just I don't see it happening on a level where you depend on foot traffic, especially as a, a booth that tries to position yourself. And sometimes, you know, on corners and stuff, you're depending on that foot traffic that a lot of which is created for uh, the celebrities that they bring in, which in turn makes them you know up your charges and stuff so with this it would just be like i mean i don't know what it would even cost for them to add you to a list like as far as what it would cost them but to me it would almost be like a win-win for everybody involved just do a digital convention because there's just no there's no way i think dallas i think dallas has i mean they've moved there's three times already because it's originally supposed to be in march I think I got a notice where they've kicked it again to like October, like next October. Yeah, I, I don't remember. It could be May, but I don't even think I don't even think it's May. And that and that's obviously in Texas, three hours away. So it, unless they know something Houston doesn't or vice versa, I, I just don't think. I don't think I'm going to be able to go to a convention uh, for a year, probably. Unless we get a. Uh... Get some shots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, but even then, it's going to, I mean, it's going to take a while. Like, we're obviously not going to have a shot by, you know, election day, and even then, it's just going to take a while. I, I don't know if it's like 81% has to be vaccinated for it to be effective, or yeah. I'm, I'm not a scientist. I do trust scientists. I'm not one. Then that's why I trust them. But um, yeah, so, uh, I don't know. I, you know, the future is uh, murky with all that, but it does. People are adapting to digital. Uh, I think you're right. I think digital comics have peaked, though. I mean, I don't see people jumping ship and going all digital. So it'll be interesting to see what Warner Brothers does. Uh, but um, yeah, so we've talked a lot of uh, just kind of catching up on the state of the comics industry. So let's, uh, we'll keep it going. Uh, I, I do have a few things to run down. Uh, now you might've covered this last week. I'm not sure because I'm sure you were on with Chaz and Jarek last week, but uh, there, here's a few things that have happened. Speaking of digital comics, one that's coming back is uh, Static Shock. Okay, so they, they have also signed on for a film. It's gonna be directed by Reginald Hudlin. It's going to be produced by Michael B. Jordan who is awesome, uh, through his company, Outlier Society. Uh, and so Static Shock, uh, I know that that was, he's a beloved character. I know that it had a comic and a cartoon at one point. Uh, do you know anything about the character, like general summary that you could throw out there? 
I actually don't. He's a character that I don't know much about, mostly because it's from a company that I, it's, I feel bad. It's not my company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so that, and that digital comic is coming to like DC digital first, um, probably January. But so we'll we'll be hearing more from that. But I'm just glad that uh, Michael B. Jordan signed on to produce that movie. Um, you know, obviously, as an actor, uh, he's always uh, been a force on screen. Now he'll be able to uh, produce and create uh, representation through movies like that. But uh, I'm all about that. And I will have to uh, I'll have to check out, you know, speaking of digital comics, I'll have to check that out and get associated with the character as we as we will obviously be getting news about that streamlining towards its release now um on the marvel side of things they released a show on hulu uh, that is not a marvel show and this is hellstrom and i was excited about this a year ago because it was tied to ghost rider and for those of you who don't know hellstrom um is well it was a family uh, obviously the son and daughter of satan in the comics uh satana uh and uh well the comic for damon hellstrom was son of satan so nothing tongue-in-cheek like does hey this is son of satan and satana and then now we're kind of being shown this hellstrom where there's no marvel logo there's no marvel intro there's no Marvel in the credits. I don't know if you got to watch any of it or not, but it basically just comes off as like a uh, kind of like X Files light with with you know maybe more of um, they obviously have powers, but they don't really throw it you know hit you over the head with it. Uh, and there's definitely no other Marvel characters anywhere to be found in this. Uh, but it's sort of just I'll just call it like an X Files light because I can't really think. Of anything else to to say about it but just coming in you know their names are are damon and anna instead of satana and son of satan so it's um yeah i don't know what the, have, have you seen it what did you think when this was announced versus like the kind of path it took to where it just they sort of just like oh yeah hellstrom's out by the way I know that I saw it in the Entertainment Weekly, so I was interested in it. But they made it very clear that it wasn't going to be a normal Marvel title. Yeah. In that, in the the typical sense of it, and they in the article they made it sound like it was going to be horror. So it's interesting to me that it's more X Files. Well, uh, well, see, here's the thing: X Files is horror if you consider it like Monsters of the Week, but like it's not uh, the. I'm trying to find like a five minute way to say just watch Outcast. Okay. Or like is yeah, it like I mean like, well because if 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 you're if you want like the creepy exorcist type stuff, demons and angels and possession and all that, Robert Kirkman did a book named Outcast. They they produced uh I don't even know if it was two seasons. I mean it's no longer in production, but they did a season or two of that. Super creepy, very, very uh, loyal to comic interpretation, clearly from the comic. But obviously, like, he created all those characters. The, these characters were back in the 70s when Marvel was creating, you know, Dracula comics and all kinds of stuff. 
Uh, and like I said, there's no uh, when you have a character named Son of Satan. I mean, there's no nuance there, right? So right. the but the thing with Hellstrom was it was supposed to be connected to Ghost Rider, the Robbie Reyes version, which was also going to be a, its own live action show. And I think it was going to be called like uh, Marvel's Dark Side or something like that. Like as far as I, like it was it was supposed to be delving into the supernatural horror aspect of Marvel. Like it was going to be its own kind of sub brand of MCU, you know, TV. And then this was going to be like the horror branding of it. And I guess for whatever reason it f- fell apart. I mean, this was. It was announced at the time that Disney Plus was announced, and it was obvious that Hulu was going to keep showing the more adult-oriented stuff because you're not going to have anything like that on Disney Plus. Uh, but then at the same time, they decided to scrap Ghost Rider, but Hellstrom had already been produced, so they're like, well... Especially now when they probably need the content, right? They're just mm-hmm. like, well, okay, we're just going to run this off in 10 episodes and then be done, but um, it, it just... It, it, a couple of questions come up, but one is how dark are people willing to go with comic book entities? Because I love, I love the character of Constantine mm-hmm. and I love the actor, Matt Ryan that plays Constantine. And I think he's great as like a tertiary character on the C in the CW universe, but, but they try to make a character that basically has happy hour, you know, shares a few croissants with demons like on a daily basis, and they try to make put that on mainstream NBC. You know, like what you know, what were they thinking on that? What is what was Hulu thinking on this? Like, I don't think everything that's like scary needs to be on HBO Max. But at yeah. the same time, it, I, at the same time, I just really wonder. Like, people watch creepy stuff all the time. They watch, you know, Walking Dead was was probably the biggest show for that middle three years and now it's sort of waned off in interest and, and tried to like almost save itself by like spawning off into a couple of different creations. But that might be the cap. Like I think zombies and that level horror might be the cap. I just don't see any kind of exorcism based comics or possession comics really being able to be like full mainstream mainstream to the point of like being able to sell a, um, streaming service subscription to someone or be able to certainly not be on a network, but, um, you know, something like HBO max or Showtime. Can you think of, I mean, can you think of kind of the most popular thing that was sort of like the limit of people's willingness to delve into that? Like the, for lack of a better word, the darker side of comics. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think we're going to get that when Jared Leto brings, um, Orbeus to the screen. I think they're, they're going a little bit dark with that. We like yeah, vampires. Yeah. Vampires are sexy enough that we'll be okay with it. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go one further than vampire. I will say that Lucifer for mm-hmm. for for now Netflix, yeah. uh, originally on Fox. I think that was a safe bet, but they they also don't completely drench themselves in the comics. Like it was you know based on a character, um, and I think that. You know, and then I'm sure a lot of people have seen the the Constantine movie starring Keanu, and then it's it's like Keanu. I just think it's different when you're on like a weekly dark 
you know, we're going taking the darkest like black magic path. I don't know. To me, uh, Justice League Dark, the cartoon series, or those two films, uh, they work well. But I think with a movie, it's like Morbius. It's a little bit different because you're choosing to go see that. Like people choose to go see crazy stuff, like you know, Saw nineteen and The Purge four or whatever. So. I just think that as a week-to-week show where you're supposed to have a growing attachment to the characters, it just may not, I don't know. There, there probably is a way to make John Constantine a household name, but they definitely have not figured it out yet. Yeah, I mean, they've tried some pretty dark comic book-related things recently that have yeah. been really successful, like Preacher, but it wasn't to a mainstream audience. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was on AMC, which probably took a flyer on it because of the success they had with Walking Dead. And, you know, they were pretty loyal to the show. I think it, it, it ended up with a three or three and a half or four seasons. I mean, it got kind of skirted under uh, at the end there. I mean, obviously, The Boys is very dark in the way the characters act, but the aesthetics are kind of like, I mean... The whole thing, the seven mocks the Justice League, right? And that's kind of what the show, in a nutshell, does as well. It knocks like that superhero genre by being like, no, you know, all the the they're scumbags. Like the superheroes, that's not, you know, they kind of take the the shimmer off. But uh, I don't know. Uh, just back to Hellstrom real quick. If you need something spooky to watch and you're really into that stuff, check it out. But it has zero ties to the comics. You already know the show's canceled. And it just seems like a shame that they didn't at least have one, you know, ghostwriter appearance or pairing with or, or anything. And it just makes you wonder what was going on there. But uh, they're still doing a couple of the animated shows, but we haven't seen anything from other than a few screenshots and a, a very small trailer for MODOK. So, um Howard the Duck was was canceled. Dazzler and Tiger was canceled, and the verdict's still out on Hit Monkey. But that was supposed to, that and the Hellstrom and Ghost Rider were supposed to be like the, okay, Marvel TV is going to streaming service, and here's where it's going to be. Because we know, we already know, Disney Plus is its own thing, and those shows are obviously connected to the MCU because they have those actors tied to it. So, are we still going to get our what if? Yeah, uh, that that's animated now. That comes out next year finally. But I, I think once it's weird that we haven't heard much about Falcon and Winter Soldier lately. But I think once WandaVision rolls out um, next month, I believe, um, then we're gonna have a steady flow. Because once it gets to twenty twenty one, I think there's thirty two episodes of What If okay. that were already ordered, and obviously it's it's animated, so. I don't think production would have had to halt, but you never know, with, uh, depending on where it was made and who it was made by. Uh, yeah, we'll still get that. And then, um, you know, Kamala Khan uh, was cast recently, and She-Hulk was cast. And so, though, I think we're going to have, like, more Marvel than we can handle. It's just we have to wait for that faucet to be turned on, you know? Yeah. So it just depends on how, I mean, they, they put WandaVision in their kind of little trailer they have for, like, what's coming for the rest of this year. Uh, I just, 
if I was a show or a movie or a music act or anything right now, I would just wait till 2021. I don't want to be any, I don't want to be associated at all with 2020 anymore. No way. Yeah, I, I would just, I mean, if I could, if I, if I was, especially if I was a celebrity waiting to go back on tour or back on set, just go, just go to your island for the next two months. Animal Crossing or real life, whatever, but just just go just go hide. Everyone is over 2020. So I'm telling you, I'm throwing money at AMC because I heard that uh, they did their uh, whatever they when they do their financials, they tell what their uh, their profits are or losses are for this last quarter. They said yeah. they make it another quarter. So I'm just like, oh, please, because we already lost Regal Cinemas. Yeah, and, and as for the movies to go into, <laughs> right? And and Regal did say that they do plan on reopening, but you never know. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, that that depends on so many factors that are going to be out of their control, depending on how each of those individual theaters release, depending on the employees of those theaters, the managers, the owners. So, um, but the fact that they kind of like threw in the towel, yeah, that's scary um, because. But they just have—they have nothing to show. Like you can't show *Empire Strikes Back* every week, and and seeing something like a movie you've never seen in the theater before, like if someone hadn't seen *Empire Strikes Back* or *Indiana Jones* or *Jurassic Park*, that's a cool treat. But I don't know if it's cool enough treat to draw you out in a pandemic if you weren't already going out. You well, know, I've got, I've got the perfect way to do movie theaters right now and maybe if someone wanted to take it on as an actual way to do movies from now on you take a movie theater that's got multiple screens and you assign each screen a theme kids movies marvel universe sci-fi whatever you run movies back to back you you schedule it out and put online when those movies are running so you know what time a movie starts there's no gap in between movies, but like a 10 minute reset. You can buy snacks and whatever, like you would normally do. Mm-hmm. You pay a monthly fee. So I pay $50 a month to be long to this movie theater chain. And I can stop in anytime I want and go to any movie theater. I want, I can leave the movie theater. I'm in if it's annoying me and I don't want to watch that film anymore. So I just enjoy film whenever I have time for as long as I want or as little as I want, but I pay a fee, then the theaters have just as much money as they need, just like the streaming services do. That's how they keep going and make more films is because they have people that are just like paying their monthly fee. It would be really simple and beautiful. Yeah, and and adding a theme or themed uh, screens to it would put extra interest, I think, on it. Because then if you could see what theme is coming up this month, okay, I'll sign up for that. And then... And then if the themes continue to interest you, then you'll continue showing up. But they're going to have to do something like that. But the, I guess the the problem becomes like, well, now we're going to have to pay, you know, X amount of employees to, you know, stand there for 14 hours and we might have one or two people come in. But you got to try something. You have mm-hmm. to try something. So, but ultimately, they're, it seems like they're mostly waiting on Hollywood to, release the big movies and i'm just wondering at what point is that going to happen because i i just know from their perspective it's like we you know wonder woman they probably have invested three four hundred million in all that 
already. Um, I mean, the uh, the Doritos bags on the grocery store shelves with Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot on them have already come and gone. You know, that's how long ago that movie was supposed to come out. <laughs> so it's like, it's, just, it's, it's, it's terrible for everyone. I mean, you think about all that stuff, you know, that, that like the fast food chains and uh, their respective kids' meals and like that stuff's all gone. Like every tie in they had is already. And now I'm sure it was something like Wonder Woman, if there's a hard set date for like June, they'll pick it back up. But it's like at some point, you, they're going to have to sacrifice a few of these big budget movies to see if it can draw enough people in to sustain these theaters because they can hold back these movies all they want. But if you come out in June 2021 with a movie that you expected to make, you know, a billion dollars, there's just not going to be the number of screens and seats for that. You're um, open to have them run in and <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, uh, as far as other kind of small screen comic news, so they announced the HBO Max Green Lantern series. I don't know if y'all talked about that last week, no, but we um, you know, we we've known that was coming. Now they they've released a list. No one's been cast yet. They have released a list of the principal characters from that. Um, not on the list, which I'm kind of fine with this. Uh, I would I would love to see John Stewart, but I'm thinking they're saving him for. The big screen, uh, but John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and Kyle Rayner are all, all not on this list. So there's speculation that maybe they're going to be put into the DCU because if it's like Marvel, it, there's you know they're, they're going to keep it separated. Um, but so so for the HBO Max Green Lantern series, which has ten episodes, will be released probably late next year. Uh, the roster so far: Alan Scott. Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Kilowog, Simon Baz, and Sinestro as as the the lone villain listed. But um, interesting mix. I think the Simon Baz character has a lot of potential, and people flip out, and rightfully so, over Jessica Cruz. So I'm glad those two were in there. Um, I'm hoping that means they're saving Jon Stewart for something big. And at some point, I would like to see Kyle... Rainer, but obviously Alan Scott being the first Green Lantern is important. I'm not really big on Guy Gardner. I mean, I think that's a lot of the way the times that I've seen his like giant ego written in a lot of the pages of comics I've seen that he's come in. But um, and then you had to have Sinestro. Like I don't think you were going to be able to do this without Sinestro because he's like the he he's sort of always the focal point of that argument about you know when is the power too much and what can the ring really detect from you know how someone's going to use it for the right way or the wrong way so i think he's always sort of like that he's always portrayed as the character that is is that tipping point so i think you need you know he's basically like the Green Lantern and Sinestro are like the yin and the yang. Like whoever has the ring as Green Lantern is, is sort of always on that opposite. And for the most part, I mean, Green Lanterns have flipped out and all that. But um, as long as it's not like the Ryan Reynolds movie, we're good. But I think we're going to see. I think this is going to be good. But I still want to use the same guy for Sinestro. Is it what's his name? Is it Mark Strong? Mark, I I hope so. He was really good. Yeah. <laughs> He he is a really he's a really good he's just a good 
actor and uh, a, a bad guy, but uh, he was most recently uh, the villain in Shazam, right? I can't remember. I can't remember the villain's name. Mm-mm. Every every DC minus like Superman and Batman, every other DC is just like some god of war or whatever. <laughs> it's like, you know, like like angry demon. I don't know. But um, it obviously wasn't Black Adam, which finally, you know, I'm excited to hear about the Rock movie news. Uh, We're getting that more frequently now. So, yeah, so that'll be on HBO Max. You know, obviously no date yet. Um, And then we finally saw the trailer for the animated Invincible series on Amazon Prime, Robert Kirkman's Invincible. Uh, So that's going to be that's going to be awesome. Uh, And non-comic related well i think he has had comics pro well let me just ask was there ever a dexter comic not dexter's laboratory but like there was a dexter comic okay so dexter is coming back for a surprise season next year 10 episodes michael c hall is attached the original showrunner for seasons one through four is attached um a lot of people are hypothesizing maybe they do like a uh Dallas scenario where maybe he just wakes up in the shower one day and seasons five through eight never happened. And then you just go, cause one through four, phenomenal four amazing, amazing television. John Lithgow was the best antagonist that show ever had. And then five through eight, it's just like, what are you guys doing? And just the way they certain characters, the way they went out, just no good. And then, Boom, he's a lumberjack. So, or he's the guy from the bounty paper towel label, whatever. That, I mean, because, because the baby didn't they have like introduce a baby at some point? Oh, they did. Yeah, no, he he he's still, and at the end of the series, he still had his his kids, but uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Star Trek Discovery renewed for season four, uh, and uh, boy, season three is going to start filming in 2021. The they released the title page of the first script, uh, first episode of season three is called Payback, which of course is sort of a, a jab at the Avengers. And this episode is going to focus on the past and present members of the seven, so that will be uh, just full of crazy, I bet. And then, of course, um, at some point, uh, Jensen Eccles from uh, supernatural debut as soldier boy early on in that season uh yeah so that's that's all the uh the moving digital media stuff uh and comics wise uh i mean it, it seems like kind of every time i turn around there's another issue of batman and it always says joker war on it but now like batman 101's coming out and it says joker war aftermath so yeah what was people's reception of Joker War? Did it kind of just come and go? I mean, obviously people buy anything Joker and Batman, right? But what what is stuff you've heard or your personal opinion about any parts that you may have read? I I think it's been really well received, honestly. And I, I like that it kept on rolling out bad guys, like Clown mm-hmm. Killer and the designer. And, you know, it's like you didn't know how long they were going to be important. Were they just being introduced to be red shirts? But uh, I think it's going to have long-term implications. I don't know if it's going to go out past 101 because already Detective Comics has come out. 
uh, an issue that's post-Joker War. And I, I ordered heavily enough that in case it was still tied in. Uh-huh. I'm interested in it that, you know, especially stuff that like wasn't supposed to be tied in but is tied in, of course, will be in high demand. But uh, yeah, I've already I've already gotten messages from retailers asking if anyone had any extra 101. So obviously they were caught off guard that it was a tie-in. Oh, okay. So so that and then um, Amazing Spider-Man 50, which is going to be the reveal, the identity reveal of Kindred, who's sort of been like a nemesis in this build-up to Amazing Spider-Man 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that happened. Oh, go ahead. That happened last week. Oh, that happened last week already. Okay, so was there... I wonder if there was like alternate covers released this week or something. Oh, maybe. I don't know. So what else comes out this week? Oh, my goodness. I am hope I'm not getting this mixed up between what I just got through ordering and what <laughs> is coming out. It's so bad. How about, uh, how about let me rephrase it just anything to look forward to, which would cover you for, you know, tomorrow, Wednesday, or the next two months. <laughs> so I will I, I, I will say that there was some controversial news that came out on Friday from IDW. So oh, what the, was that? The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, right? Everyone wants to watch to read this thing because they don't know who the last Ronin is. Is the the story right. of the last turtle to survive? Everyone's making guesses at who it is, and so uh, just like usual, when everyone makes orders, we do uh, an initial order, which we pretty much just put in our subscription numbers and make a little bit of guess at what we need for the rack. But no one puts any serious numbers until FOC. Well, what happened is that IDW decided to go to print. Before they got the FOC numbers. And at FOC, the order numbers jumped like times three. <laughs> so they had to allocate. So we're not going to be, no one's getting the amount of copies that they actually ordered. So there might be a craziness about this book come release day. So, I mean, do you, do you think that would have been intentionally underproduced? I don't think so. I mean, who would want to not make money, right? Because if they don't send them to us, we're not going to pay for them. So it would be kind of silly. But I, I really do think that everyone's trying to save money by getting their books made overseas, which they have forever, right? But uh, since they've got problems with production, they have to start it earlier because they don't know. They want to make sure to get it here on time. So they'll start production early. And then they end up with the FOC problems that we have right now. So it's no one's real fault, but it'll be... It'll be, they've already gone to second print because they know that they're going to have demand beyond what the actual first print's going to be. But uh, yeah, get there early on Wednesday morning, kiddos, for when that book releases. Cause that, be... That's this Wednesday? I don't think so. Okay, coming up though. It's coming up real soon though. Yeah. It did want to tell uh, us. Well, I was just, I guess there would be no reason to do that intentionally because second prints are usually pretty popular anyway. We've talked about that, like the speculative cover market and everything like that. Um, but I would expect a second, third, and possibly fourth print, especially if they short printed the uh, the first print run. Um, but yeah, people have been waiting for that book. I wonder if it's going to be a thing where the identity is going to be revealed in issue one or they're just going to really draw it out. I feel like they're going to draw it out, but I don't know. It's possible. If it was Marvel, I'd tell you that whatever's going to happen is going to happen in issue two, because that's the way they usually roll it out. Yeah. I don't know why they do that, but they'll be like, first issue will be awesome, right? They'll have one million covers. And then issue two, you won't really know what you should order, because, you know, you're ordering before issue one has actually made it to the stands. 
So issue two, you're kind of like, ah, I'll order conservatively in case number one's not well received. And then you're always like, why did I do that? I should have known better. <laughs> yeah. And and then we, we we were talking about DC a lot earlier and their uh the I guess I can't escape the pun, sorry. Their their future state of comics, but they're releasing DC's future state, which sounds like I mean to me, honestly, as a casual observer, it I, I always see covers of a series called Futures End. It seems like that. It almost seems like, hey, we're doing this thing for two months and it may or may not matter two months after that so i i I guess they're gonna have new identities for batman superman wonder woman but it's gonna be like 10 years into the future gonna tie up loose ends of like death metal or heavy metal or metal knights or night metal or whatever it is and then uh and then kind of bring in this 5g universe simultaneously um so all this stuff with the doomsday clock and going i mean even going back to new 52 it's just I know it gets interest and sells comics, but at the end of the day, it's just like reboot, 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 reboot. I'm gonna say it so much it just sounds like I'm a frog now. But I, I just, I don't like. Have you heard anything about this? Because a two month event sounds very minute. Also, it does, but maybe that's what they think people need is something that they can buy into for just a short amount of time because everyone's money is going to be tight from now on for a little while yeah they're thinking you know what we're going to ask a lot of people we're not going to ask them to buy into like you know 50 issues or anything we'll just give them this nice little sweet story that they can enjoy um and then i guess and then i guess however that's received is probably going to dictate how many books they produce over the next year or so, and I'm just kind of see how it goes. But uh, maybe it won't be bad. A little bit of a, I mean, we know that inevitably with comics and the big two, especially, there's always a, a universe reboot and a change. So um, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on that for any interesting titles. But I think it's just going to be a bunch of one shots and maybe like mini, like mini mini series, like two or three part. Um, but it looks like it's focusing mostly on, uh, you know, a multiverse where we see different recreations of the, the Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, things like that. And many of them, I guess. Cool. It's kind of uh, an interesting thing. So they're ending Mighty Morphin Power Rangers at issue 55, which I think is coming out really soon. And then they're starting two new titles. It's going to be Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers. <laughs> okay. And they're going to keep on going on this, like, the they've got a really good trajectory going with their, it started with, like, Shattered Grid, and then, um, I forgot what the next section of it was, but now this is all Lord Dracon-related stuff. So I think they're they're moving on from that storyline. I'm interested to see what they've done. I mean, I, I've never been, other than watching the cartoons, the, the TV show, I've never been a Mighty Morphin fan of the comic books until I started reading the Shattered Grid storyline, and it totally hooked me. Necessary Evil was the next one. But uh, it converted me into liking the, the Mighty Morphin and not just wanting to yell at them for sending out putties every time, because why? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, obviously the comics give them a liberty to write 
how they want and go in a new and interesting direction. So that is interesting that the title is going to split and go on as as two um, different books. Not unprecedented, but it's just probably the first time where it worked so well. We've had X-Men, Yellow and Gold, and, and all that stuff, but to have Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers, mm-hmm. um, it's an intriguing idea. And I would assume that those books would probably go in different directions and be, be unique. Uh, but yeah, so uh, any other last second nerd recommendations, streaming, reading, anything? Uh, I am re- I'm watching now Emily in Paris on Netflix, and I love it. It's like Sex in the City, but in Paris. And it, so it's a it's a series. Mm-hmm. It's a Darren Star production. Oh, okay. So it has the same kind of like feel to it, but it's just it's a really sweet, sweet show. My husband will tolerate watching it, so it's not. Yeah. It's, it's not horrible drivel. Uh yeah and. I uh, I did like the trial of Apple Plus TV, and Ted Lasso is awesome. If, if you just want an escape from everything, Jason Sudeikis as a American football coach who goes to England and becomes a, a soccer coach or football there, but completely cute, sweet, 30-minute comedy, 10 episodes, just a... Uh, really good for right now with everything that's going on just kind of uh you don't have to think you can just turn your brain off mm-hmm. good show but all right well miss jen thank you for uh piling this two-person ship with me today uh, we got through it and then uh i'm sure jazz and Jarek will be back next week uh and thank you for thank you for watching nerd news now part of the kingdom of geekdom of woodlands online sponsored by space cadets collection collection and the adventure begins Check out our other Woodlands Online shows like Taste Buds, Music Cafe, Adventure Begin Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Weekly Fallout, Sports Talk, and Between the Trees, Business Talk. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KBQT HD 21, over the air, on your television, all these shows and more. Also on Roku, just search Woodlands Online TV and add the channel to your streaming lineup. And of course, you can listen to us in podcast form on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Nerd News Now. Bye, nerds.